Oh. Hi, you're listening to another episode of the My North American Dream podcast with yours truly. Back again with another one. Um, we're about to get into it right now. side of um you know celebrating my 30th and um you know a lot of that like mindset of just like recalling things which we did in a couple of episodes now and also now like helping a lot of people transition because i feel like it's around that space where a lot of people are asking me like for example how did you you know the move to the u.s the move within the u.s how's that going especially you know because canadians are now becoming more and more um how do i say jittery about their country um, and at the same time, a lot of people who are from Nigeria are also curious to like, okay, which place do you prefer better? Um, you know, are you considering like, should I just skip Canada altogether and come back, come to the US? Or should I go like, you know, your route where it's like, you go Canada first and then come to the US. The other thing that's also top of mind for me is my brother is about to do the same journey. So he is going to Canada um, and then it will become, well, you know, whether it comes to Canada, I would love to be able to come to the US after. Let me let me just be clear. Let me just add my own Fisi and Jara there because let's just say he's going to go the same way. He's going to Canada first. Anything that happens after that is on his own. <laughs> let me just be clear now. But um, okay. So essentially, let's just compare the US and Canada. Which is better depending on what you're trying to do. Um, maybe like you care about, you know, a life with a family, you care about yourself as a single individual. Maybe you just care about like immigration status, like you want to collect a different country's passport. And it's interesting because I was actually thinking about it a while ago where like I'm Nigerian, I'm Canadian. Regardless of where I go in the world, I will always have those. And you know, if I decide to have children in the future, I get those by default to them and get to pass it on. But would I care about, you know, where they would be born because then that they get that third country option. So that's kind of essentially the mindset and the frame of mind that I'm thinking about all these things. With. So follow me on this journey. For context, I went to the to Canada in 2009. Canada was a vastly different place. A lot of people are not like Canada was in the popping place at that time. The popping place was the UK. If you were not going to UK for school or anything like that, it was like essentially you're not a rich person. Which again, my family wasn't that rich anyway, so we thank God. Um, or that you are not a popping guy because essentially, what are you looking for in Canada? Like, what's the reason to go? So that's context for 2009. The other context you should be aware of is coming to the U.S. in, this is 2022, 23, again, the frame of mind of when I'm using this, going to the U.S. is also very, very hard. Well, if you're trying to get a visa anyways, it's pretty hard. And they've also not improved their like permanent residency process the same way that like uh, Canada has done, where like Canada also has like the H-1B second part B route, where like if you can't get a green card and you're on an H-1B, you can also quickly go to Canada collect your situation and then come back if you want. Like if it's really doing you like that or just go to Canada and stay in Canada. So again, all this context matters for the immigration conversation side. If you care primarily about immigration, Canada is by far better. That's why I wanted to start there. Not even close, not even difficult. You can skip straight to permanent residency if you're about a certain age. Again, I am not an immigration consultant, so I'm just giving you like top of mind stuff. So this is like, if you're below, I believe it's like 40 or something like that, there's a certain amount of score they'll give you. 
Um, you can also check, you know, the websites for like Express Entry with Canada. Just Google it. You'll find it. It'll come up. Express Entry, you can get in with like your education, you know, depending on how educated you are, you also get more points. Your ability to adapt to Canada. If you've already studied in Canada, for example, you already have some master's degrees, undergrad, all those kind of things. You can quickly become a permanent resident on your own without having to get a job, right? So having all those kinds of things gives you a straight path into Canada. You can also get it with a job if you want, right? Where if you get a job offer or someone wants to bring you in on a work permit, you can also go that route. And also you can go with a study permit um, way where like you come in for education if you feel you want to get educated in Canada for, you know, the workforce. And then of course the natural family marriage route. So that's kind of your options in terms of the tiering for how you want to come into Canada. On the US side, significantly harder. There's typically only two routes to come in if you're trying to do permanent residency. One, someone that is already here sponsors your application. And two, marriage. That's typically the two routes to come in um, for permanent residency, typically. You can also buy your way in. So you can be an investor, investor, but essentially you're just buying your way into the permanent resident process. So that's also an option that's available. And then technically, if you are in STEM, you can petition for yourself as um, essentially you ha- it's nature's interest for you to come to the US. So that's kind of how, you know, the typical route. But again, you can also consult an immigration lawyer. I am not giving you immigration advice. I'm just telling you the stuff I know just again, anecdotally, and also the stuff that concerns me because I'm a Canadian in the US um, specifically. The cool thing about being Canadian though, which I want to highlight, is that you get to have the hybrid of both. So let's say, for example, you're a Nigerian who comes to Canada, gets become a Canadian citizen, and you want to go to the US. There's a couple of routes, like obviously the visa route, which allows you to come in on a TN visa and you can just like stay indefinitely. So you behave like a permanent resident. The only limitation of the course is you can't work for yourself. You can't be an entrepreneur unless you buy your way in and become an entrepreneur. So that's kind of the things you need to think about. But other than that, by being a Canadian citizen, you ha- get like half of permanent residency. You just keep renewing your job and that's all. You can also leave the US and come back for six months at any given point. So you don't need a visa. If you don't want to work in the US, you can let's say work from Canada and visit the US for six months at a time, any given time. So there's essentially the de facto route of being a permanent resident by just being Canadian. So spend your five years in Canada, you get your passports and you come back. The US on the other hand, I think again, this is just anecdotal. Everybody's journey is different, but for the most part, at best, from what I remember, I think people spend typically like a, num- a significant number of years than five to become citizens of the US. You can also go to, to like the army and all these other routes for them to move it faster, but now you have to go and fight wars. So that's comparing, that's number one. Two, money. There's significantly more money in the US. It just goes, it's not, it's not like we don't make the rules. It just, the game is the game. Don't get me wrong. I love Canada, my country. See, it's like the badge is there. But I'm sorry, Canada is just not at the same economic level. Um, number one, we don't have the population in Canada. We're at best 40 million, 41 on a dreamy day. We have a good immigration system, but even then the US is still the top destination for immigrants anyways. Um, and it's not our fault as Canadians. It's just, it just is the country is bigger in terms of land size. It's just the places where people live are a lot smaller and more dense in Canada. Um, the US on the other hand has like 10 times that population that we have. So if you think about it, there are more people around and it's a bigger market, bigger economics, things like that. Then 
if you now look at like from a job perspective, because the market is bigger in general, people pay more for the same job, especially if you're skilled. The reverse is also possible where people can take advantage of you because there are more people. But if you're in an in-demand field like STEM, you know, lawyers and doctors and all those kind of things, you get paid ridiculous amounts. To be fair to Canada, two doctors also get paid ridiculous amounts because healthcare in Canada, but we'll come to that in a separate piece in a minute. But especially for people in tech, I, I, I mean, the distance is a lot. Guys, like, let's say, for example, you were making 100K in the US. Let's just say, for, to make this simple, you're making $100,000 USD. For context, one USD is about, out of today, 1.38 Canadian. So let's just say 1.4 to be safe. Essentially, the moment you switch to Canada, you're already taking a 40% discount for the same job, assuming you're paid the same. So usually, if you work for a company that's a multinational, what they will do is they'll switch your currency to Canada's because you have to be paid in the currency where you live. So if you're making 100K for a job in the US, same job, same team, you pay 100K in the US and 100 in Canada. That's number one switch. Number two, because Canada's market doesn't bear as much as the US, typically they'll also discount your salary, typically. So a 100K paying job in the US, very possible can be paying like, you know, 85 on the Canada side. Same job, same team, nothing has changed. That is very, very likely. Um, I know that happened to me specifically when I was at Meta, where like my job was a lot less for the same role, same team, same everything. I was paid in Canadian and the number itself was also smaller. So you think about it, it's like, I, I mean, it's not personal. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, I love my country, but you see, sometimes it's easy to love your country from outside. You know, I mean, I just can relate with this. Like when your country is not making you suffer the sufferings it has, it's easy to love it because you're just like reaping the benefits. So these are for people that go to Nigeria for 30 December. You go for 30 December and come back. Oh my goodness, Nigeria was a blast. Oh my God, Nigeria is so fantastic. Okay, now for scarcity, we come. Where were you? You're not queuing in line. So it's easy to love it. Same thing with Canada. Um, when it's not doing the needful for you, you can be like, oh, I don't have to deal with that. And it's easy to just be like, oh, when I was in Toronto for Caribana, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of how like the job markets piece and those like the making money is. Uh, already talked about like even from an economic perspective, the Canadian dollar isn't as strong. So when you're spending or you're making in USD and spending in Canada, right? Chef's kiss. But when you're going the other way around, even for travel, that makes it a lot different and more difficult too. I've got into travel. That's another difference. Within the US, flights are very much more affordable. I want to say cheap, but I'm like cheap isn't the right word because- Cheap would be like Europe. Europe is cheap for flying and traveling because they're all just so close by. Like in two minutes, you have entered another country. You, you fall down and roll over again in another country. Like that's Europe. So a lot of Europeans, when they do this thing of like, oh, they're so well-traveled. I'm like, that's because like your next Donny boy is another country. Like let's behave ourselves. People are not really that educated on that way that travel. Let's, let's relax. Now again, sure, it's true that they are more exposed in Europe. But again, I've gone on a tangent. I'll come back. But again, just because just like those kinds of countries are so small, that's cheap. On the US-Canada comparison, in terms of what's cheap, Canada is more expensive than the US. And so from that frame of mind, it allows for people in the US within the country to travel more frequently and flights become more cheap as a result. It is cheaper to fly from Canada to the US than to fly within, the, within Canada for a lot of things. So let's say you're going across the coast. 
Toronto to Cali, for example, very cheap. Toronto to Vancouver, not as cheap, which is very weird because you would think that like, is the same going across the coast? But again, it's just, some of it is supply and demand, sure. But some of it is also just like, why isn't the country doing its best to, you know, reduce the cost? So that's the other thing. I've heard this one recently. Um, and this one, I take a little, just a tiny bit personal, which is that, you know, we say Canada is dead and there isn't a lot of stuff to do in Canada. I don't particularly agree because I think Toronto is, is strong as a market in terms of stuff to do. The challenge and where I do accept and I agree is that it is essentially only Toronto, right? And that's not to say there isn't anything else to do anywhere else. Like, I mean, I lived in Ottawa for over 10 years. So Ottawa essentially has its own options. There's a bunch of stuff you can do there, especially when you go to Montreal. You, know, if you include that entire metro together, then there's stuff to do. But when you just essentially look at it, I just like, you have Montreal, you have Toronto, Calgary at best, Vancouver at best. Like essentially now we're stretching it for things to do. We're stretching like, you know, these are the best we've got. So that's already four. But then you look at the US where like so many different metros have different things to offer. If you're in California alone, obviously you've got like LA, which has a ton of stuff to do. There's other cities around there as well. You've got the Bay Area, San Francisco, Oakland, um, San Jose is a separate thing, even though they're all kind of connected in that same Bay Area. But even within them, that's three cities of stuff you can do. Then you still got San Diego again separately, and that is only California to start. So you've already matched all of Canada's four in one state. You're not adding, like, for example, Texas that has a bunch, right? Austin, Dallas, Houston. Regardless of how you feel about San Antonio, El Paso, those other places, which is just like, you know, we just pretend they're not there. Then you go to, like, for example, Atlanta, you go to New York, Philadelphia, you've got even like at the DMV as well. So all these different places, they're just like, <sighs> the year just has more options. So yes, I will reluctantly agree that there's more stuff to do. Um, I think you'll enjoy the US if you're like that type of like, you know, traveler looking for stuff to do. You will find options that will suit you. If you want a hot place, you can find. You want cold, you will find. You want to live in like, you know, all them Denver and go do hiking stuff, you can find. You want to be all out west, you can find. You want to go to Vegas and spend all your money chasing whatever is not lost, you can find. You want to be focused and serious, you can find a place that's just dead and be in the wilderness, you can find. You don't want to talk to human beings, you want to be in Wyoming, you can find. Like, those kinds of things, whatever you, the kind of lifestyle you want to live, you can find in the US, um, it just is. Then, a lot of people now start talking about, okay, what of, what of, what of, what of benefits from the Canadian side? There are certainly benefits. There are a lot of like, you know, healthcare and the gun thing. But even those, I don't know that they're enough to not go to the US though. Again, unless you're at a stage where like you and your family are set and you and your community are set. I feel like between them both, being in the US does slap a little bit more. And it is worth it enough to try it, especially if you're young enough to still be adaptable enough to make a change. But if you're already set, let's say, for example, you know, you have your family, you have children, you have your community, and you're not that much of a, like a free-spirited, I'm going to make new friends. As an adult, making friends is hard. Um, you know, even with making friends through your children and being like, okay, friends of my child's parents, those kind of things, like that weird connection where you're like going to a, a two-year-old's birthday party and all of you now become friends because of your children. That is an, that's a thing that can happen, but like, now you're leaving your ability to make friends to your children. Again, I've not, I don't have children, so I don't know. But maybe you can find out. I'll make your own podcast. I'll listen to it. But here is, at the end of the day, it becomes a little harder the older you are in your life journey. 
Um, you can also be young, of course, like you can be in your 20s and already have like, maybe like you're 25, 24 and you have kids already. Again, even that too shifts things. Maybe your job is remote. Maybe your job is a little more, maybe it's not as remote, for example, and yet it's more rigid. That can also impact things, right? Um, so there's a lot of factors, of course, in comparing the two. I just feel like overall, in terms of what I've seen so far, it's pretty good. There's still a lot of stuff that you still find about me, like nightlife and those kind of things. You like that kind of lifestyle. I unfortunately, can't, I'm not the one to advise you because I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not outside. You know, I'm a child of God. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to laugh at that point. I mean, I'm actually a child of God. Okay, let's, let's behave ourselves. Um, but I'm not outside enough at night to know. But in terms of, again, things to do, I, I can advise you on those kind of things, like places you want to travel, things you want to see, um, those kind of things. I think those give America the edge. Um, there's still more I do want to find out. Um, you know, as I go higher, even in my professional life, I want to see that. And then obviously real estate is another key one I want to use to wrap up. Real estate on the US side is better. If you do not want to be in one place. Remember we talked about at the beginning or at least closer to the earlier parts of the podcast where like um, Toronto is essentially the primary metro. If you're not in Toronto, where else again? Like, or at least close enough to Toronto. Where else is there really to live? I mean, there are other options. You can go to like Ottawa, yeah, you can visit because you want your quiet life and come back. You live in Montreal because you want to enjoy that kind of experience too and then come back. A lot of stuff is just anchored around Toronto unless you go out west. So it's like, you don't care about the Ontario lifestyle. You don't care about what they're doing out east. You want to be in Alberta. You want to be in BC. The rest of it is anchored around that. Then on the US side, because nothing is anchored around any specific place, you just have so much in terms of like cost of living, in terms of the kind of life you want to live and how much things cost. There's a lot of food. Technically, the US can sustain itself if it really wanted to. And so as a result, you have places that are cheap. Keep in mind, I am in Atlanta and a lot of people here consider Atlanta expensive. Ima imagine, Im imagine considering Atlanta expensive. Because Sometimes I hear things here while I'm here where like, you know, they're complaining about like, for example, taxes or those kind of things, which I didn't talk about in this podcast. But like, I'm like, I'm sorry, the US in a place like here, you're complaining about taxes, you're complaining about cost of living. You are not serious. No, you are not serious. It's because you have not left the country. Not, you've not seen anything. That's why it's not your fault. Right? So for me, the US being like that much cheaper mentally and numerically based on what I've experienced in Canada, it's not even close. Right? It's not even close. So overall, you know, moral of the story, live your best life. Choose what you want. You know, choose your struggle. Whether it's Canada, whether it's US, I think they both have their drawbacks and benefits. I just think at this time for me, the US is doing more for me as a person um, than Canada is. And I know Trudeau is going through his problems at this point, you know, going through his own personal drama with his wife. The country is going through a lot of stuff with inflation, cost of living, interest rates. So there's a lot of stuff that is stacking against Canada, unfortunately. Um, but it just is at this time. In the future, maybe we'll address it again, where like I am now in a different headspace and Canada is now the country that's better for me again. But till then, from what I'm seeing, Shao, I've been in the US now a year and a couple of months. The US is US in. And for me, for all my friends, this is my podcast. I'm giving you guys the gist. Kemabo. It's not personal. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.